Okay, what's up, CrossFit Wilsonville? It's Coach Will again, and today I have Dr. K with me. Dr. K is our sponsor on our podcast, and so we're going to talk about some uh, general questions that we get here a lot at uh, CrossFit Wilsonville. Uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, nutrition and recovery, uh, and then we'll go from there. But Dr. K, before we do that, tell us about what you got going on at your clinic here at CrossFit Wilsonville sure. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be Absolutely. here again. Uh, so right now what we have going on, we've got Northwest Functional Medicine. We are completely up and running at this point. We have uh, massage, we have chiropractic, we have functional medicine, sports nutrition, all sorts of fun stuff happening here. Uh, and the best part is that some of it is in person and some of it can even be online. So for people who are kind of trying to avoid other people right now for many different reasons. We have that available too. And I think that's been a really cool part about what I do and that um, we have some flexibility there. We also have, I also have drkirsten.com, which is just launching uh, this week. Awesome. And I'm really excited about that because it'll be the new place for the blog. It'll be the new place for the Dr. K show, <laughs> which will awesome. be really cool. And we also have some other fun stuff going on there too. So that is me. Functional cool. medicine. Here we go. Well, you got me interested now. Yeah. Um, so what are you going to do on your show? Like, Yeah. So we're going to do it. something similar to this, except it'll be over YouTube. So it'll be visual. Um, and eventually maybe we'll turn it into a podcast, but just doing a lot of interviews with people that really inspire me and that I want to learn more from. Awesome. And so we'll have to have you on there as well. But it, yeah, so it's going to be, be great. great. It'll be really cool. I don't know why you'd want me to. Oh, because, oh, there's so many reasons. <laughs> I know, right? You can just make fun of me. If uh, cool. So um, we're going to ask you some uh, like general questions that we get, we commonly get, and um, we've Perfect. gotten over the last eight years. So hopefully you can help us through these, and then I'll put in my two cents too if it if it matters. We yeah, that sounds good. Dr. K is really smart. <laughs> um, so one, one of the nutrition questions I always get is, Pre and post wad. What should I eat? When should I eat? All that stuff. So, okay. what are some? Obviously, we're not talking about individuals here, but what are some mm -hmm. general things we can think about? Yeah. So, one of the first things, as far as pre, we'll start with pre, and then I'll go with yeah. post. So as many people know, I'm much more of a fan of eating real whole food when possible, right. just because supplements are great for certain scenarios. But if you can eat real whole food, you're going to not only get the nutrition from them, but you'll also get the enzymes and the fiber has a lot of things that help to break down certain foods so that you absorb foods better. Yeah. So breaking that down even further, we usually hear things like protein, carbs, and fats. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's a really great benefit of working out is that usually you also need to use some type of fueling to help you have energy during that workout. So right. what I like before a workout is something that has carbohydrates in it. Uh, typically, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but carbohydrates are a really great way to get pretty much instant energy. So it'll really help. And you'll have a, a better ability to burn them off a little bit better. So they won't necessarily turn into fat. Um, right. So carbohydrates around your workout are great. So what I like to see is, especially if somebody's working out kind of in the afternoon, usually the after work or maybe mid morning, like you're kind of nooners, right? Gotcha. So those, those two are great to be because they usually have a couple of meals in already before. Yeah. They've usually gotten protein in through their day, things like that. 
because that protein is going to help you keep your blood sugar just even. And then you can let your carbohydrates kind of do what they want. But if you can do um, some type of carb right before, so some people will do like a pre-workout, which is okay. Uh, but if you could eat something like a banana or like sweet potatoes or, you know, even rice would be like a great thing to eat. Right. Uh, just mm, like 30 to four. Well, maybe like 45 minutes to an hour before that way you give it time to break down. It's not sitting in your stomach and then you'll have it access to it uh, during that workout. Then, so that's kind of what I tend to do pre-workout is just try to get some type of carb and think about that. Um, And then afterwards, so post-workout again, I really, if I have meal prepped properly, (laughs) then I will usually have a meal right afterwards. I love to get in some leafy greens. I really like to get in something like a sweet potato and then a really good source of protein. So chicken, something like that. Um, Just a great time to get a lot of those amino acids, a lot of those uh, carbohydrates and vitamins and minerals into your body. I also like things like blueberries, some types of fruit, things that are usually um, uh, really easily accessible. And if you can get them seasonal, so berries right now, because it's summer is a great fruit to have with your meals. Those around your workouts, great options. Um, But if you have to, though, within the hour, uh, if you're not going to be able to eat within an hour after your workout, then you can use something like a post-workout. So I have my favorites, but, you know, your whey proteins and things like that are great for that. The other thing, too, as far as pre-workout goes, if you're not going to be able to eat a whole lot beforehand, branched-chain amino acids can be helpful for that, too. Yes. Awesome. So... I think there's like a misnomer for pre-workout though. I, I see a lot of people that think they need protein. Why is that? Why is that a misnomer? Well, I think one of the, one of the pieces with protein is that it's, you actually will get a lot of it from your food if you are just eating normal food. And, and so I think one of the reasons why people think they need to get a lot of protein in prior to a workout is because of how it, how it, like the amino acids get broken down and they can really help rebuild muscle tissue. So it's like theoretically good for recovery. Mm -hmm. But what I find is actually better for recovery is to make sure that you have enough fuel and then to make sure you're just not eating inflammatory foods in general, because the more inflammation that you have in your body, then when you create inflammation in your muscles, because you're working out, Mm -hmm. uh, then it just like compounds on top of that. So instead you're going to see a lot more water weight. You're going to see a lot more use of amino acids. You're going to see a lot more um, use of like vitamin C and other types of antioxidants, which means it pulls from other places where you really need that. And so protein is great to keep your blood sugar level. And like, if you're going to be doing an endurance workout where you're going to be working out for three or four hours, now you want to start thinking about protein because you want to make sure you have enough. But for generally for CrossFitters, you're only working out usually within an hour or so. Mm -hmm. And so having enough protein throughout your day is great. And then focusing a bit on carbs is more, I think, uh, more beneficial. Because that's your fuel. It is your fuel. fuel. And we need to talk about how fat and carbs go, but we'll do that in a little bit. Yes. So you you mentioned inflammation. So we'll just Mm -hmm. jump to that question. So we we just get a lot of general questions too uh, for advice on inflammation. And usually it's like, man, I just, I have this chronic soreness in my quads or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So what's some 
we, we already you already touched on it a little bit, but not eating infl- anti or not eating inflammatory foods. But what's some general advice on that? General advice. So if you have something what I call like systemic inflammation, mm-hmm. so you're seeing it elsewhere in your body, you're seeing it in your knees, or you're seeing it in your quads, like you mentioned, or you just have this chronic shoulder issue. First off. If you have something that's a chronic pain, you need to figure out like movement pattern wise. Mm -hmm. Are you doing something that's creating that? So here's an example. Runners usually have hip and knee pain on one side that's chronic. You need to ask where that's coming from. Is it coming from your feet? Is it coming from your low back? Mm -hmm. You need to address that first. Absolutely. If it's, if, and then this is my second piece is if I see somebody in my office and I have tried to fix all of their patterns and still there's some achiness or joint pain or something, that's when we start looking at inflammation that's coming elsewhere. Yeah. So general guidelines for inflammation, inflammation is this like key word that has been <laughs> yeah. sort of overused in a way. Just everything seems to be root causes inflammation. So that's not super helpful because right. inflammation can come from many sources, but avoiding foods like, uh, so gluten for some people, mm-hmm. it's not for, so in everybody, gluten does create an inflammatory response, but some people will respond differently to it than others. Right. And one of the things to remember is that if gluten is something that doesn't react poorly in your body, then it doesn't mean that you can just have cereal, pasta, and sandwiches all day Throughout long. The day. Yeah. Right? That doesn't that that's not a great way to to put food into your body. What is more beneficial is, you know, you can have whole grains. You can have that whole grain wheat bread. Yeah. You can have things like that, but just make sure that they're not showing up every single day every single week. Right. So that's one. Um, gluten isn't the worst thing in the world, but it can be for some people. Dairy is another kind of one of those that's iffy for people. And again, it's the same rule. If it works for you, fine. Just don't have it all the time mm-hmm. um, because it's still, is, and, and also please make sure you know these sources, where are you guys getting your food from is so, so, so important. Thirdly is sugar and sugar. Yes. This one is for everybody, no matter like across the board, sugar is inflammatory. <laughs> like it yep. is addictive and the effects that it has on the body are significant. And so, and it's one of the harder ones to get rid of because it's not always just about your willpower. Sometimes your bacteria in your gut are basically uh, creating your cravings for sugar. So sometimes you've got to get a little bit deeper. If you're like, I've tried everything I and I that. cannot get over this <laughs> yeah, for sure. So sometimes it's just the bacteria in your gut that are kind of driving that yep. craving. Um, and then the last one are going to be things like alcohol, things mm-hmm. like sugary beverages, and then sometimes corn and soy, just depending on where you get them from. Um, so those are like my top ones. Gotcha. And then if you have food sensitivities, that's the like more specific forms of inflammation. But normally um, you kind of have to track those down on your own to figure out what's going on there. So I, I have two things. Number one on sugar, I get this a lot too. I get questions on, well, fruit is sugar. Okay, great question. So, so yes, fruit is sugar. However, the thing with fruit is that it's not like a cookie. Yeah. So fruit has fiber. And it also has a lot of vitamins and minerals that go along with it. So here's a great example too. Um, when your stomach gets fiber in it, eventually it will signal to your brain that it's done eating. Right. So if you try to eat uh, a whole carton of oranges, I guarantee you, you won't be able to do it. Like maybe you can, but like most people right. will get full and they'll be like, oh, I don't really want any more. 
but you can eat an entire cake in one sitting. The reason Mm -hmm. for that is because it doesn't have the same fiber. It doesn't have the same vitamins and minerals. So instead your stomach's like, Oh, I don't even know what's going on. Like you might start (laughs) to feel sick, but you won't get that same signaling from the the stomach to the brain that you are just packed full of fiber. So that's why it's a little bit different. Also something similar is like, taking white rice versus something like black rice or wild rice. Um, Black and wild rice have uh, phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals that actually, uh, and and a casing around them that when they get to the, to to the gut, they don't spike blood sugar as high. That's interesting. Because of the vitamins and minerals and some of the difficulty that your body has in breaking it down because of fibrous content and all that. So, uh, it's actually a better source of a carbohydrate in a sense that it won't necessarily contribute to uh, a spike in insulin as quickly as if you eat something that's very processed like flour and white rice and things like that. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, so I just had this come to me and we were going to ask this anyway. We're, we're, well, not exactly one of our questions. We're going to talk about gut health at some point, but I would um, venture to Im- imagine here that you know if gluten and dairy aren't working for you uh, if you're having gut issues. Yes, might be correct there. Yeah. So that would be a, a that would be a red flag. Yeah, I would say gluten and dairy. So food in general. Um, one of the issues with gut health, and I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. But one of the things with gut health is that when you have inflammation, which is generally coming from food, it can come from stress. Athletes can put more stress on their system just because you're an athlete. Um, And also one of the things I see a lot is nutrient deficiencies with athletes. And that is also contributing to stress on the body. So you've got to think about the multiple factors of an athlete. They also have jobs. They also have families. They have kids. They maybe aren't sleeping well. There's tons of reasons why there can be issues there. Um, so one of the things with gut health is that we see a lot, this thing called intestinal permeability. So leaky gut, Mm -hmm. essentially what happens is when food comes into the system and let's say it's gluten, for example, gluten uh, causes the cells in the uh, lining of the intestine to release a compound called zonulin and zonulin just basically is what creates that inflammation in the gut. If you are exposed to it constantly, so most people will eventually develop intestinal permeability. And then that what, what that means is that the cells in the gut starts to get leaky. So the joints in between them get a little bit loose. So now if you're eating other types of foods, if you get exposed to certain pathogens and parasites, uh, you don't have that same protective barrier. Hmm. So now those things, maybe in their undigested, broken down form, get into the bloodstream. Guess what? 60 to 70% of your immune system lives at the lining of your gut. So now it triggers an inflammatory response through your immune system. And then you have uh, basically inflammation in a just chronically active uh, immune system. And this is kind of the source of where autoimmune disease can come from. So that is kind of how we are treating our gut and our immune system is by not really maintaining a healthy environment with a good, good diversity of bacteria with a really healthy lining. Uh, we, and then putting foods in there that are just creating an inflammatory environment. We're really not doing ourselves any favors. The other thing about it, the last thing I want to say is that, when you have an inflammatory gut, you can't absorb nutrients well. Right. You're you're going to be losing out. So one of the reasons why I pull nutrition panels so I can see a lot of the vitamins and minerals is because I want to know what patients aren't getting into their system. Yeah. Because if you have vitamin deficiencies, you're, they are the <coughs> basics of health. You yep. have to get nutrition in. Your cells have 
have to have nutrients in order to do their jobs. So when there's things that are wrong, look for nutrition. She's, she was secretly shaming me because I haven't done my panel yet. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, So we might get back to that here in a second, but I had one more uh, question. Well, actually two more questions. The first one will be short, but uh, we get this a lot of early um, morning uh, CrossFitters, 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Should I be eating before or it's hard to eat before I go work out if I'm working out that early? So what do you think there? Okay, I'm actually going to tie this into the intermittent fasting question too. Okay, is that okay? Perfect. Yeah. So first off, what you have to figure out for yourself is whether you have enough energy and you are actually are fat. Uh, you have the ability to burn fat uh, because as a as an energy source. Because what happens is overnight you go into a fasting state. That's why mm-hmm. they call it breakfast. It's a break fast. Yep. Okay. So uh, if you stop eating at 6 p.m., the best time to eat is 6 a.m. So 12 hours afterwards, because it gives your liver and your body enough time to reset all of your hormones, reset yep. insulin, all that, all that jazz. Really, really, really important. Some people are fat adapted. This is where ketogenic diet came from and ketosis and intermittent right. fasting, right? So having the ability to use fat as a resource and a fuel is extremely important, Mm -hmm. which most people, I will call this out in America, do not do because we've had carbs as our fuel source predominantly. So one thing is to know if you have enough energy to get through your workout without eating, cool, do it. That's great. Great. Awesome. If you don't, then, you know, and you're kind of one of those people that does need carbohydrates to fuel then bananas, something that's really easy. It's fast sugar. It's not going to sink into your body. Like, and it's not going to sit in your stomach forever. Those are really great resources. And sometimes I'll say even like a whey protein. So basically it's absorbed through your stomach and it'll give you at least something to sit in your stomach, um, that won't feel super heavy. Uh, so those are the types of things that I recommend. And then if you can get in a really great solid meal right afterwards to start your day right off the bat, that would be ideal. So that's kind of what I suggest for people in the morning, but talking into intermittent fasting here, the key is that if you've never tried to see if you actually burn ketones when you're in a fasting state, I highly recommend everybody do it for a couple of reasons. Again, you should be able to use fat as a fuel source. Um, it's, it's, it's part of life. So you should be able to fast an entire day and not like get the jitters, right? Super shaky. Um, so if you are like that, I would recommend looking into the ketogenic diet and just giving that a try for a bit and just seeing how long it takes for some people. It can take three months for some people. It can take three to four years to reset Mm -hmm. that system. But if it does take three to four years, then most likely you had some type of insulin resistance or you've been using carbs so long that you're body just doesn't use fat. Now keep that in mind because if you use, if you don't burn fat, every time you eat fat, what's your body going to do? It's going to store it as fat. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens? So the body, when you eat like, um, a sweet potato or a, or rice, right. And you put butter on top of it, it's going to take the butter as fat and it's going to store it. And then it's going to use the carbs as your fuel source. And then anything extra, guess what it's going to do It's going to store it as fat. So This is why it's so extremely important for people to understand metabolically, also talking briefly about COVID, you've got to know if you're metabolically healthy, uh, because that is going to be the basis for making sure you have enough fuel for when you work out and just for overall health. Mm -hmm. That's really, really important. That's awesome. So 
think that um, answered everything. It did. Yeah, my intermittent fasting question. We just get a lot mm-hmm. of questions on that. I actually intermittent fast. Yeah, it's great. Um, and my hours oh. are like 11 to 7. Yes, it's great. Um, and if I can, I work out in the morning yep. before that. And um, I find I have plenty of energy. Mm-hmm. I actually have more energy and I feel my joints feel better working mm-hmm. out fasted mm-hmm. than when I have to work out after work. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So a couple things on that. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, but one, so one thing about intermittent fasting that's really important is to make sure that you're taking a couple days off where you kind of just do a different Absolutely. scenario. So mm-hmm. one thing to keep in mind is that when we exercise, your body doesn't actually adapt during the actual workout. It actually adapts afterwards. So your nervous system and your muscles basically say, Oh, if we're going to have to do that again tomorrow, <laughs> like I'm going to yeah. need to be a little bit better than where yeah. I was today. So you actually get your adaptations afterwards. Yep. Um, same thing. What they're kind of what I've been looking into some different research about vitamins and minerals and how we're taking supplements. And one of the things that they're saying is that maybe what we should be doing is taking vitamins and minerals for like two or three or four days on, and then taking a couple days off, and That's then two, three, four days on, and then taking a couple days off. Because guess what? You're giving yourself your body that time to adapt. Right. Uh, I think it's kind of uh, a good idea to do something like that. And same thing with intermittent fasting is that or any type of fasting that you do, time restricted, whatever, um, giving yourself a few days on and then a few days off allows for your body to adapt. So I love it. I think it's really important. A lot of people who are high productivity people do this. Mm -hmm. They they fast. They uh maybe have coffee with exogenous ketones of some type and they, they fast all the way up in the morning until they've gotten their good solid three to five hours of work done, super duper focused. And then they start eating and doing the rest of their day. So yeah, I think that's a a really key way to start understanding how the brain works because it burns ketones for fat or for fuel. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's just physiologically, how does the body work? I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're interested in that, you know, Talk to Dr. K or talk to one of your coaches. We actually, yeah. all of our coaches, uh, our head coaches right now, dabble in intermittent fasting. Um, I've done it for well over a couple of years now. So it's something that we are experienced at. Um, so if you want some more information on that, just talk to one of us. We'll help you out. That's awesome. Um, and then, So what we'll do now is we'll go back to gut health. Okay. If you want to expand on it. Yeah. How much time do I have? <laughs> uh, we have... Eight minutes. Perfect. Okay. So one, a couple of things I wanted to actually talk about too. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about this last time, but heart rate variability, did we talk about it? I don't remember if we did, but it's a great okay. thing. I'm gonna, My whoop watch is I right know. here. I'm going to touch on it really briefly because I think that as far as recovery goes, it's a really awesome tool for so, people. So let's define heart rate variability. It is a, it is a a hot term out there in the fitness and medical world, uh, especially with COVID. Just real quick, if you don't know, um, uh, I wear a Whoop watch. If you don't know what Whoop is, look it up, W-H-O-O-P. Whoop is a company that made uh, a watch that um, tracks uh, several different um, heart rate very, um, shouldn't say that, heart rate um, uh, factors, yeah. uh, it tracks your, your resting heart rate, your heart rate during the day, your heart rate during your workout, your heart rate variability. It also, t- uh, tracks, um, respiratory rate, which they have found in studying, uh, COVID patients that where the whoop watch, the respiratory rate and the heart rate variability are like dead on if they have COVID like dead on, if your respiratory rate is changing from, from day to day at all, it's a red flag. 
Uh, and if your heart rate variability is changing like a lot Mm -hmm. at some point, uh, during your recovery during the week, they found that it's very related to people having COVID right now. Interesting. So that's great. So there's the only thing I wanted to say on that too, is that heart rate variability and some of the research that I've seen is I don't actually have a whoop watch, but what I do is I just record my morning heart rate variability. Like first thing, I don't even get out of bed. I wrap my, um, heart rate, uh, monitor around my chest and then I run the, run the test. And one of the things that I really like about it is that it just gives you some more data and some more information about what's going on. And there's a lot of research out there that you guys can go and track down. And I am going to be putting out a blog post on it soon. So I'll try to have that all listed and I'll send it your way. But it's just a great way to get a little bit more information about, you know, did your body recover well? Did your, was your nutrition on point? Did you sleep well? Mm -hmm. You know, all those things. And then it can tell you, should you really be pushing yourself today in your workout or should you just do some movement, you know, do your workout, but don't push yourself to the limits because you could be pushing your body over. Yeah. Uh, so that I wanted to briefly touch on that. And then as far as gut health goes, just to wrap it up, there are um, a couple of other things that can happen with the gut that are really important. One is that uh, I was actually looking at a study that they did with elite athletes. And one of the things that they found is that they had a lot more like diversity of their bacteria than in than their control group. And so one of the things that they're thinking is that the diversity and how the types of bacteria and how the abundance of them may have an impact on your uh, performance and how you uh, sleep, your overall health, and then also on your um, on, on your recovery and all of that and just performance in general. So the gut I think has a lot more going on than we really give it credit for in the athletic world, which is why I try to, yeah. And also I do see people who don't have, um, who, uh, don't have symptoms and they still have some things going on in their gut. So I think that, and we talked about this before, but I do really think that there are some tests that are great to do yearly just to track your health, know how you're doing and be able to do something about it. What are those? Yeah. I like a GI panel. So I really like to see a comprehensive GI panel where you really get to see what's the good normal flora, what's the not so good bacteria. And then you also get to see the environment. So what kind of short chain fatty acids, what levels do you have there? You know, do you have enough um, elastase, which is really helpful for digestive enzymes and breaking that down, which is made by the pancreas. Uh, Do you have um, high levels of beta glucuronidase, which can signal that maybe your body is detoxing a lot. Uh, And so then if you're being exposed to toxins, where are they coming from? Again, really great science to know what's going on there. And then I really like nutrition panels that really show you, you know, how are your mitochondria burning fat, carbs, and protein? How are your levels of nutrition? Um, And, you know, do you have any nutrient deficiencies that are popping up? Lots of stuff like that. Awesome. It's really cool. (laughs) Still have a few more minutes. I was just pulling up my WHOOP data and, um, so just for an example, my heart rate variability was pretty much on average for me today. Um, my, my resting heart rate was pretty much on average and I actually had a lot more sleep than normal. Dr. K probably doesn't want to look at my average sleep, uh, <laughs> which is six hours and 19 minutes, but I got seven hours and 16 minutes last night. Nice. So, uh, and I felt pretty good today and it says my recovery is about 56%. So that's about on par with what I had today, but that sometimes my heart rate variability will be down in the twenties. And those are days that I know I'm dragging and mm-hmm. I'll really alter my mm-hmm. uh, intensity more than anything yeah. in my workouts. So I do encourage, um, you know, all of you to do some re- research on heart rate variability and understand what it is and maybe 
find a way that you can uh, start tracking that. Yeah. There's several different ways. I have a, a couple of follow-ups on that too. So tracking heart rate variability would be a great way that something that you can do every single day, yeah. um, which is really important. The other thing too is doing like a, um, a diabetic monitor so you can look at glucose um, and then you can also experiment with ketones. Mm-hmm. They, some of them you can get over the counter so you can get those super easily. Uh, and something that is fun to, to kind of track is if certain foods spike your blood sugar or not. Yes. So that is something that I think people can really start to hack a little bit more into their own systems and see what's happening there because, you know, some people will eat rice one year and be totally fine, but then the next year they'll be eating rice and then it's spiking their blood sugar like crazy. Mm -hmm. Now the implications of that could be that their gut changed. There could be bacteria that changed. You know, there's lots of things that you can sort through once that happens. The point is things can change. So something that was good for you last year may not be so good for you this year, but you wouldn't really know unless you tested for those things. And the great thing is that technology is getting so much Shaming me again. (laughs) So you can test for these things and it's really like you can become such an advocate for your own health um, and just by just testing, which is huge. And it's not like there's not a huge price cost of entry into some of those things. So. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. We have about a minute left. Uh, Appreciate your time. And then again, you can find Dr. K here at at, uh, Cross Wilsonville in the front. Um, If you have any questions for her or uh, would like uh, some treatment programs, come in, talk to her, things like that. Um, So what should we talk about next time? Next time. Well, I do have an Ironman coming up. It was supposed to be at the end of July, but obviously things got canceled. So right now it's scheduled for the end of October, provided we don't go back into another quarantine. um, That should still happen, but we can talk about how I change my nutrition prior to that. Uh, We can talk a little bit deeper about that. We can talk about some of my history with nutrient deficiencies when training for Ironman. (laughs) Um, Lots of stuff like that. So. Awesome. Cool. Well, we will uh, hit Dr. K up again for another awesome podcast. And again, I've been doing a series of podcasts this week. This will be the second one and we'll continue to bring some good information to you guys um, so that you can improve your health and fitness. Thanks, Thanks Dr. K. See you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up, CrossFit Wilsonville? This is Coach Will. I am outside of the gym today. And so uh, I don't know how the audio quality is going to be, but there's a class going on and lots going on inside the gym. And I wanted to get a podcast out on programming. I was going to have Coach Dave on, but he's coaching right now. And so it's just going to be me talking about programming for you. Before we do that, I'm going to go over our sponsor, Dr. K. Dr. K, uh, her business is called Gym Call Chiropractic and Functional Medicine. She helps athletes and active individuals tackle their goals to get to the gym, train and recover better, or even run a 5K or a marathon by treating chronic illness, chronic injuries, and optimizing nutrition. If something with your health is holding you back from Meeting your goals, Dr. K might be able to help you. She uses functional medicine to take a whole body systems-based approach and create treatment guidelines with her patient's input. Together, you'll create a nutrition, stress, and mindset, exercise, rest, social, and relationships plan. You can even create a preventative and uh, create preventative and thriving plans. So uh, get a hold of Dr. K. She's here uh, in the gym in the front. Uh, she has some awesome programs, and she's been doing some really awesome stuff like on... Uh, Immunity, health, and uh, gut health, uh, and overall nutrition stuff. So 
And I'm going to have her on the podcast later today, actually. So anyway, we're going to talk about programming. We just started this week a eight-week summer strength and always cycle. So uh, as in my social media posts, what can you expect? We're going to work uh, alternating weeks. So, uh, for example, week one, Mondays are going to be back squats. Week two, uh, you'll squat front squats on Tuesday. And uh, I'll explain why we're kind of alternating days, too. So, <clears throat> week one, Monday, back squats. Tuesday, gymnastics, pull push, so pull ups, push ups, handstand push ups, maybe some muscle up progressions, things like that. Um, Wednesdays, press variations and are clean, uh, like today, which is Wednesday, June, or excuse me, July 1st. Uh, we went through strict press, push press, and push jerk um, skills. Uh, mm, Thursday, toes to bar, rather gymnastics. We're going to be focusing on some toes to bar stuff. Um, and then Friday on week one, we'll do deadlift variations. As you'll see this week, we're doing sumo deadlifts which have some um, great advantages to doing those. Uh, let's see. Week two, these are all skills, by the way. Week two, Mondays will be gymnastics. Tuesdays will be front squats. Wednesday, gymnastics again. Tuesdays, snatch progression. So we'll be working on the Olympic, lifted, Olympic lifting movement of the snatch. And we'll be progressing to doing the full snatch, the full squat snatch. Um, it's a very... This is a very difficult movement. A lot of athletes are uncomfortable with the bar overhead in this movement. And you just have to realize that this is probably one of the most athletic movements uh, that you can do out there. And it is very technical and uh, it's hard. So most of our athletes will start at, out with uh, you know, a PVC pipe or a lightweight and we'll work through it. Uh, the advanced athletes will get a chance to... Um, also progress in this movement. Uh, Fridays will be overhead squats. We'll be overhead again with the bar. So that's week two. Um, and then if you uh, look at Metcons or uh, WADS workouts, you have to realize that um, we program, I program kind of traditional CrossFit Metcons, and that means uh, they're going to be constantly varied. So um, it's, it's hard to put out like a, uh, an outline for this, but what you can expect is week one, Monday is going to be a shorter, explosive, fast wad sprint type wad. And that's because, uh, we're, we're back squatting before that. The back squat takes uh, a lot out, uh, of the central nervous system. And, uh, we want to stay short and explosive that day. Uh, with those squats. Tuesdays, uh, after your gymnastics, you'll see a much longer Metcon than what you'll see on Mondays. Uh, endurance type stuff. Wednesdays, you will see what, what can be referred to as a medium duration wide and medium durations, probably somewhere between 8 and 15 minutes at the longest. Um, and this will be varied. And uh, uh, probably a lot of these... Uh, same type of movements will carry over into the water, like maybe cleans or some type of press variation. Like today we did uh, dumbbell snatches, which if you think about it is a press variation of, of what we did before that. Thursdays, 
uh, at the gymnastics, you'll have a longer MatCon again. Um, Fridays, we will be doing a benchmark or hero walk after our deadlifts. Uh, and most of those are going to be within a, a medium time, uh, time frame as well. But those will also vary. Week two, Mondays we'll be doing an endurance wad. Tuesdays will be after your front squats. Again, will be a shorter wad, explosive wad, uh, something that's more of a sprint. Wednesdays will be a medium length wad after your gymnastics. Thursdays will also be a medium length wad after snatch progressions. And Fridays again will be a hero benchmark wad. Uh, so. To go along with your uh, eight-week programming, um, don't feel like you have to get into this, you know, 100% and hit these days or whatever, uh, you know, because CrossFit is a, a varied thing and you, you want to, you just want to get into the gym. So don't worry about what day you're in or whatever, uh, get in there and get your workout done. If you're a little more serious at it and you want to, you really want to progress uh, in these movements as far as the squatting, the overhead stuff, and the gymnastics, then you're going to want to hit those days, whatever your goal is. So if your, squat, your goal is to squat more weight, you're going to want to hit uh, week one. You're going to want to hit Monday, and you're going to want to uh, probably hit, you know, Maybe even Friday, too, since deadlift variations will help your squat as well. Um, and then week two, you definitely want to hit Tuesday, and you're going to want to hit Friday because you're going to be squatting both of those days. Tuesday will be front squats, and Friday is overhead squats. Um, with the overhead and back squat, which is Monday week one, Friday week two, uh, it's a very basic rep scheme, four-week cycle, uh, week one, six by six, and then seven by five, week, which will be week three for back squats. Uh, and then eight by four and then 10 by three. The uh, front squat cycle will be based on percentages. Uh, so it is good to know where you are right now uh, so that you can make some goals and know where you want to be. But if you don't know your percentages, um, we're going to be working up to whatever the volume calls for. And what that means is it may mean uh, like a heavy work to a heavy rep, whatever rep it is. Let's, let's just say, for example, it's a five by five. It may mean work to a heavy five um, or that five by five may be moderate. Maybe just uh, get up to a moderate weight and go five by five with a moderate weight. But we will um, make sure that each athlete knows exactly what they're doing on those days. <clears throat> so. Try to hit those days up if that's what you want. Uh, to go over more programming, um, we have so uh, many programs that I don't think you can go wrong here. So just keep in mind, uh, if you get burned out in CrossFit, uh, we have so many other options. Or if you want something different, the burn uh, that we have right now, the burn classes are, are somewhat limited than what they were before. However, uh, they are a great option for the athlete that wants to get a quick 30-minute workout in with uh, lightweight, uh, just wants to push their body <clears throat> and get a sweat in. It's a great option. Uh, maybe you 
don't have time that day to, to do a full one hour workout. Uh, so hit up burn class, check out the burn schedule, hit that up. Other than that too, we have, let's say you want to lift. That's all you want to do. We have Olympic lifting programs. Uh, we have a five day a week Olympic lifting program that you can hit up and you can knock around the barbell all week long. We also have a Olympic lifting accessory program. That is a two to three day based on the athlete, uh, added barbell and accessory work. Um, if that's your thing, you want to practice the barbell stuff a little bit more, get a little bit stronger with those barbells, talk to a coach. Coach Dave is the one that programs those Olympic lifting cycles. Uh, and then we have competitive programming. And that competitive programming is um, mostly programmed by Coach Dave with help from me as well. Um, we kind of collaborate to make the best program we can for the athletes that we have uh, and the goals that, that our athletes have. So that's another uh, good program if you want a little bit more and you're interested in competing in CrossFit or you maybe have some different goals uh, as far as athletic goals, um, you know, you play a sport outside of this, uh, you want to train for, uh, running or triathlon or whatever you do outside of this, you want to train for it, skiing, snowboarding, um, shoot, anything, uh, Dave and I will take care of you. Uh, so that's an that's an option as well. So, again, you have so many options. Competitive program, accessory, only, uh, burn, regular CrossFit. Uh, if you want to try out those other options, let a coach know. We're happy to let you try it out uh, for up to a week and see if that's something for you and you want to make a change. Do that. And I encourage some of you to do that if you – again, burned out on the CrossFit every single day thing, or you just want to try something different, try something different. So you, so hopefully you don't get burned out on that stuff. <clears throat> and we're prioritizing our fitness, obviously. Also, it's a good way to uh, prioritize your weaknesses. If, if that's what uh, you want to do as far as like uh, Olympic lifting, um, maybe some extra gymnastic stuff, whatever you would like to work on <clears throat> let's see programming in general is not easy the wind is howling right now uh it's perfect actually that the wind is howling right now because it's exactly what programming is it's in the wind anyway um so and we realize that I've been doing programming for years now, um, eight, nine, ten years, <clears throat> and I have built up a lot of experience in it. I've built up a lot of programs that I can you know, fall back on uh, that I know that work. I know, I know, I have programs that are risky to program uh, with class settings and things like that. Um, and what I uh, have fallen back on in my experience is um, getting to know kind of the majority of our athletes and what majority of our athletes need and want 
uh, and enjoy also um, with keeping in mind that we are going to uh, stay true to uh, the CrossFit philosophies of programming and uh, movement and stuff like that. So uh, we will always have the barbell flying around in the gym, not every single day, but uh, that's something that's essential. And we'll always have those CrossFit type workouts as well. Um, and what you have to just remember when you come in is every day is different for you. Every day is different for every athlete. So just bring what you have, what energy you have, uh, uh, and keeping in mind, uh, the stress levels you have at that day or how fatigued you are, how sore you are, what you're feeling, things like that. Um, and remember that you're training, you're not you win nothing you win nothing uh by trying to kill yourself every single workout that's not what crossfit's all about anyway it's about a uh, long-term uh, maintained fitness um and keeping you healthy when you get older so just keep that perspective keep that in my in mind Take the workouts you can apply intensity and apply that intensity to them. And the workouts that you know that um, maybe that's not your best movement or it's or it's just a hard movement, period. Take your time. Do the movement correctly. That is going to benefit you more than going through it and um, sacrificing form, technique, and safety uh, because you want to get a faster time. That's not what we're here for, and our coaches will never press that um, part unless they know you're good at these movements and and uh, the stimulus calls for it to be a, a little bit more intense. So uh, we have very experienced coaches, and they all know what the right times for that is. So keep that in mind. Don't Don't forget to ask questions. Uh, if you're unsure what the stimulus of the workout should be uh, and things like that, like we'll, we'll take, for example, uh, Monday. I think it was Monday. Yeah, I think it was Monday. Double unders and burpees. Okay. Uh, for the athlete that can do double unders, that is a dead sprint. Um complete dead sprint should be on your face on the floor after the workout. Uh, no exceptions, really. There's no reason that you can't give you, you for that day. You're hundred um, percent. There may, there are definitely athletes too that uh, need to need to work on their double unders. They're not quite there yet that then they could slow those double unders down a little bit and work on it. Or uh, I saw our coaches, providing the substitute of penguin slaps which then they don't have to think about the rope and they can just get after the penguin slaps and then right into the burpees and boom you know we have our intended stimulus for the day um whereas uh i can't think of an example off the top of my head right now which is great but anyway uh, a different workout that might be a little bit more technical um, and yeah, I guess we could take today's workout. I mean, running, uh, you could get after it with your running and then 
the dumbbell hang dumbbell snatch actually is a pretty technical movement um but there is a lot to it so uh we would probably want our athletes unless they're advanced at the movement to slow down and make sure they're doing it correctly <clears throat> so hopefully that helps you get more of an idea of how we program and kind of uh expectation of the coaches and our athletes as they are getting after it in the gym uh probably the last thing on programming uh don't be afraid to come to the coaching staff or to me and give your feedback on the programming um again we're not gonna i'm not gonna be able to uh please everyone with programming every single day but hopefully uh, we're keeping uh, kind of a, a broad approach and keeping in mind, in mind uh, all of our athletes uh, and kind of giving a good general physical fitness test every single day uh, so that you, your general fitness gets better. That's kind of our goal. So uh, I think that's it for programming. I'll have Coach Dave on again. He can explain more of the competitive program and all this stuff. But again, I encourage you to get involved in that stuff. And that's going to be it. I'm going to sign off on my programming podcast. I'm going to be jetting out a few more podcasts here. Haven't done it in a while. Had some requests to do them. So I'm going to have some good people on. You don't have to just listen to me because I'm probably the last person you want to listen to. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Reduce the stress. Get fit, eat well, sleep. Peace out. Later.